Welcome to The Positive Voice, the podcast that empowers and uplifts through the power of positivity and authentic conversations. I'm your host, Coach Chef Kimberly Houston. I'm a transformational life coach and hope dealer, committed to guiding you on a journey to discovering your inner strength and unlocking your full potential. Each week, we'll connect with inspiring guests, explore transformative stories, and share practical tips to help you lead a more fulfilling and positive life. So buckle up and get ready to be inspired because together we're about to embark on a life-changing adventure right here on the Positive Voice Podcast. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Positive Voice Podcast. I am your host, Coach Chef Kim, and I am so thrilled that you all are here with me today. So I want to talk to you guys about something that happened to me over the weekend, um, which is also why I'm a day late on this podcast episode, but it's okay. We're here, right? So over the weekend, um, as you all know, I'm pursuing a doctoral degree in mind-body medicine, and uh, essentially what that means is that I'm learning different ways that you heal the body. without like regular medical interventions. Um, And so this weekend we were doing an integrative mindfulness workshop and I learned so much, like so many things about mindfulness and meditation and how you incorporate it into your everyday life. And um, one of the things that I was really, really thinking about was how inspired I was becoming because I am a multi-hyphenate. What that means is I don't just do one thing. I do many things. So Coach Chef Kim, that is my name for a reason. I am a mindset coach, but I'm also a chef. But I also have a master's degree in education. And I'm certified to be an event planner. And I've been to culinary school. I'm a pastry chef, right? I'm a multi-hyphenate. I excel in multiple areas of life. And so for many, many years, we have been fed this idea that we can only be one thing. You can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, uh, you can be a preacher, you can be a teacher, but you can only be one thing as though there is no room for growth, as though there is no room for exploration, as though there is no room for you changing your mind, right? What I love about the program that I'm in is that it allows me to bring all of the pieces of me, all of the past versions of myself into one space to grow. And so as we were talking about mindfulness being integrated into everyday practices, one of the things that came up was cooking. And some people cook because they love it. Other people cook to eat. And for someone who is a chef who loves to be in the kitchen, who has taught people in the kitchen, right? Like that's my happy place. That's a sanctuary for me. The idea that some people literally cook to live had never crossed my mind. The idea that there are people who do not find pleasure in cooking, they do not take joy in this. And I was like, what? Like, are y'all for real? And they were looking at me like I was crazy. And what I realized was I was in the minority of the people who were looking at creating culinary experiences I was in the minority of thinking that that was a good thing. I was in the minority of being able to very easily come up with things like right off the top of my head that would make cooking on an everyday basis an experience. And so I was like, okay, 
this is a thing. This, not only is it a thing, but it's my thing, right? I'm friends with other chefs. I'm friends with other bakers and makers, and they aren't trying to teach people to be mindful in the kitchen. They're not trying to teach them to slow down. That doesn't bring them joy. But it brings me such an immense amount of joy to just think about someone being in the kitchen with me and I can teach them mindfulness, right? So how do you do that? Okay, I'm going to tell you. There is a blog post that goes along with this. It tells you a beautiful story of if you are cooking solo, uh, if you are working with children, or if you're with a partner in the kitchen. Um, and the partner doesn't necessarily mean romantic. It just means you and another person are in the space together, right? So there is a blog post that will be linked down in the show notes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, link down in the show notes. Um, that will give you more information. But mindfulness in the kitchen looks like this. There is something that we used to do um, whenever I was teaching kids, we would always mise en place. The reason we would mise en place is because it helps us make sure we have everything we need. There's nothing worse than you starting to cook and then you realize you don't have an ingredient and you either have to stop and go to the store or you have to come up with a different recipe. So when we mise en place, when we are working with a recipe, we are pulling all of our ingredients first. We are measuring them out before we even start. And so we have everything ready to go according to the recipe. All right. So we mise en place everything. And once my students would mise en place everything, we would double check and make sure we had the right amount of ingredients. Um, if water needed to be boiling or if we needed to preheat the oven, we would go ahead and do those things because these things are important. When you think about mindfulness, it's the same thing, all right? So mindfulness is literally about being in the here and now. It's about this moment mattering and not what has happened to you before this moment or what is going to happen to you after. Only this moment matters. So if you're doing mindfulness in the kitchen, if your recipe calls for um, diced onions, peppers, something like that, right? When you slice the onion, if you are listening to your knife hitting the cutting board, that is mindfulness when you can hear it. When you can smell the onions or if you're going to cook them, right? If we're caramelizing the onions, how it goes from a very pungent smell into something that's a little sweeter. You can smell the change. You can smell the transformation, right? That's mindfulness. Uh, someone like me, I can be upstairs and I've left a cake in the oven. Even if the timer hasn't gone off, I can smell the cake and know that it's ready. It may be a minute or two before that alarm goes off, but I know that it's ready in that moment. And I can yell down the stairs and say, hey, take that out. And people and my kids are always like, but it's the timer didn't go off. I don't care. It's done. And they take it out and without fail 100% of the time, it is done, right? Mindfulness. Because I am an expert at what I do. I understand that when I'm in the kitchen, baking in particular, I understand that when I am baking, you bake with love. Like that's just not some motto or like some cute quote somebody came up with. That is real life, y'all. I will never forget um, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, maybe I was working at Victoria's Secret and we were having um, a potluck for the day after for Pink Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. 
And I had made a pound cake that Wednesday and it went quickly, right? I took it to work. It went quickly. I made another pound cake. I was tired when I made the second one. And I think I was upset. I don't know what I was upset about, but I know I wasn't like bubbly, perky, things of the sort. And I took that cake to work. Y'all, they would not eat it. Like... (laughs) They would not eat this cake. And my assistant manager was like, what's wrong? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, have you tried your cake that you brought in? It does not taste like somebody's grandmama made it. It does It does not taste like it was baked with love. Like, what's wrong? And it's because I wasn't in a good mood when I made the cake. And I was so tickled that literally like two slices of that cake were gone. That was it. And I'm like, y'all the same people that ate a whole cake like two days ago. They were like, yeah, the one two days ago tastes better. And so I learned in that moment that like your emotions, your mental state matters when you are baking or you're cooking, right? If you have issues with cooking and you're burning things all the time, your fire is up too high. Or, or you're cooking your ingredients in the wrong order. That is something else that can happen, right? Like if it tells you to saute onions and garlic and you throw those in at the same time, that garlic is going to burn. So there's some things that are skill set and then there are other things that are mindset. And so I was like, man, I feel like I feel a really unique position. I am a chef that has trained and taught people For over a decade, I'm also a mindfulness practitioner that understands what mindfulness is and what it can look like and what it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be something inaccessible to people. It doesn't have to be laying down on a yoga mat and doing poses that feel uncomfortable to your body. It doesn't have to be any of that. It can quite literally be you taking a deep breath. It can be you taking a moment to let your kids help you in the kitchen and you're not focused on the mess, you're focused on the memories. It can be that you and your partner are in the kitchen together and while one of you is chopping, the other comes up behind you and put their hands on top of your hand and you chop together. It could be that while one person is stirring whatever is in the pot, while it is simmering, you simply turn around and say, hey, taste this for me. It could be that while one person is cooking, one person is washing the dishes so that the load is shared easily. It could be that while you're washing the dishes, you recognize and you feel the warmth of the water on your hands. You feel the suds of the bubbles popping, right? Like mindfulness requires you to get out of your head and into your body and into the moment. Anytime that I stand before a group of people, it doesn't matter if this is me speaking about photography or if I'm teaching people how to bake or cook or if I'm encouraging women at an entrepreneur summit. It doesn't matter what I am talking about. It's always an experience, always, because that is who I am and that is what I convey. And when I'm in the kitchen, it's no different. It's an experience. I love to cook. Some people absolutely hate cooking and that breaks my heart for them. And I often wonder, well, I wonder, do you hate cooking because you don't know how to enjoy it? Do you not understand that you are able to create literally create a beautiful symphony 
that not only nourishes you, but nourishes those that you love. Like cooking is a love. It is an act of love. It is a sign of love. It is an opportunity to feel love, to be love and express love. Cooking is more than just throwing things in a pot. It's understanding that mindfulness is an ingredient that is essential in every single moment of your life. Understanding that as humans, there are some things that we need. We need food in order to survive. We need mindfulness in order to thrive. And if you take a moment and really think about memories that have been made with your family, memories with you and your mother or your grandmother or your aunts or a daycare provider, someone who introduced you to food, who introduced you to cooking, who introduced you to baking. Think about how you feel when you smell a freshly baked chocolate chip cookie. You can't help but to smile. There are some things that are embedded in us that we understand that this signifies love. This signifies joy. Mindfulness in the kitchen also does that. And so I was super inspired over the weekend and um, I was actually encouraged to begin working on a cookbook. Now, if you know me, you know, I will never do something half-assed ever. And so I sat with the idea of a cookbook and very, very quickly realized it would need to be a series of books that teach mindfulness and they help you cultivate mindful experiences while in the kitchen. Things that will help you to be able to invite your children into the kitchen. There would be some exercises that teach you social emotional intelligence and how to calm yourself when you are in the kitchen with others. I can distinctly remember when I was married, I did not like other people in the kitchen. Like, let me be in here and let, let this be my sanctuary. Let me have my peace. Part of the reason for that is because I was an instructor. And so I was always in the kitchen with other people's children. And so when I was at home, I wanted to be in my space doing my thing without having to talk to people or without having people pulling on my chef coat, things of the sort, right? And so there were moments where I invited my children into the kitchen and hear my language. I invited them into the kitchen. I wanted them in the experience as opposed to this being a chore, for them. I've never presented cooking or baking as a chore. I've always had it as an invitation to join me in a magic making moment. And I think that this is where a lot of parents are missing the mark is that we are not inviting our children in because we may not have been invited in. And I understand that as a lucky one, I was invited in um, and I enjoyed it. And I was the child who was going to push her way in, right? Like I was in the kitchen by myself as a young teenager um, because I absolutely loved it. And I still do. But by the same token, there is something special and unique about being able to share in the intimacy of these moments, whether that is with a friend, a partner, a child, um, or a classroom full of other people's children. It's still 
still an intimate moment that allows you to be open. Um, It allows you to be in the here and now. It allows you to be mindful of making this memory while creating this meal. And so there will be a series of books coming. I'm so excited. Um, Even on my website, I have decided to start changing the way recipes are written on the site so that it helps you incorporate mindfulness um, so that you can integrate this into your everyday life. So if that's something that you're interested in, um, then definitely make sure you are subscribed to our Foodie Fridays newsletter. You can do that either through KimberlyInese.com or TheAffordableFoodie.com. They both filter into the same newsletter where you can receive our Foodie Fridays newsletter, where we'll go more into detail on how you can incorporate mindfulness into your everyday life. And it's just something as simple as cooking. So I'm super excited um, when the books are written and shot and ready to roll. Uh, You guys, as my podcast listeners, will be the first to know. So definitely stay tuned. Make sure you stay connected with me so that you know when those things are coming. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode and I'll see you next time. Well, friends, we've reached the end of another inspiring and uplifting episode here on The Positive Voice. Thank you so much for joining me today and for being an integral part of our vibrant community. Remember, your journey doesn't end here. We're in this together, and we're always excited to hear your stories, your thoughts, and your suggestions for future episodes. Before we say goodbye, be sure to follow or subscribe to The Positive Voice on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed our time together today, we truly appreciate it if you could leave us a review or share the podcast with a friend who might need an extra dose of positivity in their life. To stay connected and get the latest updates, follow us on social media and visit our website at thepositivevoicepodcast.com. We can't wait to have you join us again next week for another empowering conversation. Until then, keep shining your light, embrace your inner strength, and let your positive voice be heard. Take care and see you soon.